0: holiday season the happy homeschooler podcast is running a holiday giveaway that's right you can win a happy homeschooler podcast coffee mug absolutely free of charge it's perfect for sipping from as you plan a semester or even as you listen to your favorite homeschooling podcast
1: And entering is easy. Just be sure you're following our Instagram, Facebook page, or that you're a member of our Facebook group. Find the contest post and comment tagging three of your friends. You can comment on each of those pages and you'll be entered for each comment. On January 1st, we'll choose three winners and they'll win a
0: gorgeous, wonderful, happy Homeschool podcast coffee mug.
1: Be sure to enter to win an extra present this Christmas. And now, on with the show. Welcome to the Happy Homeschooler podcast, a digital support group for everyone interested in a learning lifestyle. I'm your host, Holly. I'm your co-host, Melody. Well, Melody, we're going to have some fun today talking about making music a part of your life. But I am curious, what have you been doing since we last chatted?
0: Uh, well, actually, people are going to think all I ever do is clean and organize if I talk about <laughs> that. that there, there is a lot of that going on. Since we're moving, but my husband and I have started watching our Christmas movies just because we, well, now that we are quote unquote empty nesters, uh, our time is a little bit free in the evening. So we started watching our way through our collection and then we kind of started looking for things on Netflix or Prime or just whatever other platforms are out there. And we are having a lot of fun and there are some that he hadn't really seen all the way through. The kids were watching them when they were younger, but he wasn't really sitting down watching them with him. So it's been fun for me to enjoy these movies with him while he's watching, you know, sit down and watch the whole thing through all the way through. You're not in there cleaning up the kitchen while the kids Mm -hmm. are watching or doing 10 other things. So it's been a fun way to start the season. How about you?
1: Well, you know, I'm doing a similar thing, but with my nine year old, um, he's old enough now to watch some movies that I didn't feel comfortable showing him before. And um, we also are watching Christmas movies, and he got to watch Elf for the first time last Friday. We have a Friday (laughs) movie night. Mm -hmm. Oh, my goodness. He laughed himself silly. I had more fun with his reactions, and it's one of my favorite movies. So that has been really fun. And then we do Elf on the Shelf only. We didn't start it until after he no longer believed in Santa Claus. So he and I move our elves all around the house, and we dress them up. They have an extensive costume wardrobe and right. accessories. And they got the Christmas books out the other day. We have thirty nine Christmas books, <laughs> yeah. yeah, so we'll be we'll be reading our way through Christmas books and watching Christmas movies and just immersing ourselves in all the fun of the holiday and gifts have started to arrive. I I did some really good Black Friday shopping, and in my living room is a pile of boxes that I have to open and start wrapping. So um, it's just a fun time of the year, and it's nice to know that we'll end school in another week or so, and then we'll just enjoy what I call Christmas school.
0: Oh, so tell me what, what you do for Christmas school.
1: Well, um, Christmas school was developed as a way to save my sanity and get preparations (laughs) for Christmas done years ago when I was homeschooling my other five kids. So once we end our formal studies, we begin doing things such as addressing Christmas cards, signing Christmas cards, putting stamps on them, baking, wrapping gifts and making gifts. And so the focus is on getting ready for Christmas. But we use it. I use it a little more intentionally to teach some skills that my kids need and I I feel better about it because I'm like well yeah they're still learning they are and
0: we also talked about generosity a lot at that time of the year as part of like a character quality and thought of ways to do things for people maybe without letting them know and so all of those things we can incorporate into this season just make it more fun and they turn into those traditions that you mark time by year after year and build great memories
1: when we're talking about making music a part of our lives, I know I have very specific ideas of what that is. Um, and I wonder, Melody, what are you thinking about that when you hear that, that said?
0: For us, music always was a part of our life. So when we were going to talk about this topic, I had to really stop and think about what it could mean. For us, We I come from a musical family. Also, my husband is a musician and a songwriter, and we just have always had music in our home but i feel like a lot of people think that we're talking about maybe specifically teaching how to play an instrument um or being in a choir or being in a band Mm -hmm. and that's not really when i think about music i just think about it as being incorporated into everything that we're doing appreciation for it some skill if that's your child's bent um just exposure to to music in a, in a mindful, purposeful way.
1: Yeah, I agree, because um, I know as a kid, I always had the radio on, and I would listen to, you know, the popular music of the day. I didn't get exposed much, except in school, to any kind of systematic, you know, education about music. We didn't, my mom didn't play classical music. We didn't go to concerts. All of the music appreciation I had was strictly confined to the classroom. And I wanted my children to have something a little different. I wanted music to be part of their lives and to be the soundtrack of their lives. And so Instead uh, of
0: a instead of confined to a class that you went to Monday through Friday or once mm -hmm. a week in our school. And I think that my parents or at least my mother's like kind of checked off that box because they were teaching us in school. I just didn't want it to be like a separate little set aside thing but I wanted it to infuse our whole life.
1: Yeah, and and so when I was raising my first five kids and then again with my, my youngest son, um, I looked for ways to make music um, something that it was just like as natural as breathing. I would play classical music. Um, and we didn't, my, my kids did not play instruments. I played violin when I was a kid for a few years, but my kids didn't play instruments but they were still able to access music and appreciate music. And there are a lot of benefits of making music part of your life. What benefits did you see in your family, Melody? Well, my goodness,
0: there are several. One thing that I knew from my background as a teacher is that there are some benefits that music can have on the way your brain processes information. Like if you have somebody, that whole right brain, left brain kind of thing. For some children, we would use music to... Enhance memory like we were doing memory work set things mm-hmm. to song you know I have kids like they hear a commercial jingle once and then they are singing it for the rest of their life But so, like it's a way it exists a different part of your brain and so that was one benefit we would just I guess we were using music as a vehicle for learning that way but the other things are it can make you more calm it mm-hmm. can be part of like you have favorite songs that you sing at certain times of the year like every fourth of july i'll be pulling out our susu music and all those songs my son, is just like mom why do you play that every fourth of july <laughs> like because when else are we gonna march around the Sousa music but um we just got to where there were certain songs we played every year at certain times of the year like your theme for a holiday maybe and um but there are other benefits i do know that as a classroom teacher music was really beneficial for calming down a group of children. Um, but it also can make you, um, for health reasons, there's some research about lowering your blood pressure and Mm -hmm. a lot of things like that. So music is multifaceted in the way that it has benefits, lots of different areas that I think we, we see benefits in.
1: Yeah. Music can help us our overall mood. I know when I'm working out, I like to have some really lively, you know, power rock or something that just kind of helps me get through or if we have tasks to do i was going to say cleaning music <laughs> right yep cleaning music um, music can get you out of a bad mood it can help you to problem solve there is a website called education through music online and we'll have the website in the show notes but they have a lot of resources for people to use with their kids because in public school right now we certainly have some situations where music education is not available and so students are missing out on all of these benefits that they could be receiving and music connects us if we learn you know folk songs or we learn patriotic music it connects us to the people in our culture and it helps us to learn about other cultures So the benefits of music are just so vast that we should not neglect incorporating music into our lives. So what ways did you bring music? Did you actually teach certain things or did you just make sure to play music? Was it a passive activity or an active activity?
0: It was both. And it depended on the ages of my children and what else was going on in our life. But from a really early age, you know, you mentioned folk songs, lullabies. Mm-hmm. We were big on singing lullabies. Part I'm not sure how we got started on that. Maybe they just were part of my childhood, but lullabies and then all the little songs, nursery rhymes and all of those songs. I was singing those with my children, not really because I was had a, a master plan. Mm-hmm. It was just part of part of life, part of childhood. But then we also, when we were learning, we had little finger songs that we sang and little rhymes and every holiday had little songs that we sang with that. And I think some of that came from probably just my classroom teacher years, but Uh I continued that with the kids and it was fun because some of that, like you said, that's part of literacy. Nursery rhymes have rhythm and they learn to listen for that cadence of a good poem and that rhythm of how to express something and then a lot of them are set to music so we learned all of those things my father sang my mother played the piano so it was just part of life that I was unintentional I guess about that part but Mm -hmm. then as we got older we had I have a son very gifted in uh, piano just picked it up really quickly we always almost always had a piano and so they were always messing around playing with the notes playing with the piano learning how not to bang out something chaotic, but, you know, use Mm -hmm. your fingers, not your fists, and all that kind of thing. So they had access to music, but we didn't do any wind instruments, guitar. There's always a guitar around because my husband plays the guitar. So music was part of the background. And then as they became interested, it would come to the forefront. Mm -hmm. And, And we also began to, we memorized hymns. And so at this time, we lived a good ways out. We lived out in the boonies and our car ride to church was fairly long. So we started singing hymns because we decided to memorize all the verses of the hymns and even the Christmas carols. In fact, I think we probably started this at Christmas time where we were learning an entire carol, all the verses instead of Mm -hmm. just the one that you sing. And it got to be where it was fun because we were trying to memorize, you know, some of these are kind of complex. But mm-hmm. I particularly remember one time we pulled up to get gas and here are my children belting out a mighty fortress is our God <laughs> <We're all laughs> sitting there. Dad's pumping gas and they are singing through all of those every verse and they had fun with it. And so there were other benefits, too, for memory and just, you know, an ear for phrasing in a song. And And then, of sure. course songs have good teaching some of them and so yeah uh some of it was purpose some of it was just a byproduct of loving music and having music mm-hmm. always in our life but we did do some specific mm-hmm. composer studies every now and then not as purposeful as you because i know you're you have a more of a plan
1: yes well so we actually i do passive listening and active listening when we are in the car i would say probably a good 75 to 80 percent of the time we have the radio playing and right now we're listening to a lot of christmas songs because the uh, one of the local radio stations has christmas music from the beginning of the day to the end of the day i think and so that's just passive but it becomes active when we hear those songs again in another context maybe we hear them in the grocery store or we mm-hmm. hear them In one of the the TV shows we're watching and then my son gets so excited and he's familiar with the song and he picks up songs really well. He can hear something a couple of times and he can just go with it. So sometimes passive turns into active or passive listening creates a desire to do something more intentional or more focused or even he's interested in piano. He likes to listen to piano music when he goes to sleep at night. And I can see that probably in the future, not too far in the future, he probably will start some piano lessons. I think there's room for both passive listening and active listening. And I think that music as a background or a backdrop to what you're doing, it just starts to become an atmosphere that you dwell in versus something more cacophonous, you know, um, the sound of TV show going on all day long. Music, uh, it can just gently be flowing around you, and and that's kind of what I like to do. Even even at that, I don't want to hear it all day long, though. I think having some time to be quiet is also good. So either way, you know, passive or active, you still have music as part of your life, and there are benefits to both of those um, of those ways of incorporating music.
0: Right, and then we also did take a time. Well, we did that a couple of times So we like studied orchestra or we studied uh, music as a as a focus. So like I wanted them to know some things about um, how the orchestra was laid out. Of course, we would go and see the symphony. Austin was big on having some community events. And to prepare for that, we would kind of take a look at, you know, where are the strings and where's in the back that, you know, all the percussion and Mm -hmm. things like that, just. Because they needed I wanted them to know about that. And we did that in alongside a study of the ear. And so we were learning about music and just some like more formal kind of study about music to expose them to some things. So they would be familiar with what was going on when we saw the symphony. But we right. would look for like one time we kind of serendipitously we found a an organ concert, which was amazing. And we the kids, because they had been exposed to other music, you know, hymns and other things, they understood what was going on with that music, and they were captivated by very, very skillful uh, organists, and it was one of those really fun things we didn't plan that just happened to be right there in front of us, and we got to join in and do it, but because there was some background study, they could understand it and enjoy it more.
1: Right, and and that is important to um to do because kids that are bored or don't understand what's going on they can't access that as well so it is important if you're going to take your kids to a concert um, or some kind of a a a live event that you give them some information so they know how they're expected to behave they have some understanding what's going on when we started going to live concerts live orchestra performances i explained to my son you know they're going to play so many pieces of music and we have to stay in our seats. We have to be quiet and pay attention. But there's going to be a, a moment, a little break, called the intermission. And then we can get up from our seats and we can go um, go out of the, you know, the concert venue and, and walk around a little bit. And then we'll go back and they'll finish. And I explained to him, you know, that you you should clap and you should, you know, express appreciation for the music as after it's performed. And so um, it was hard for him at first to stay in his seat during that, you know, that first segment, but he knew, and I would remind him, you know, you're going to get a little break, that he was going to get a break. And so it's good training. Yes. And if you don't give your kids that information, number one, they're going to be, um, you know, they're going to be restless and not know what to expect. And you're going to be frustrated with their behavior. So a little advanced work will go a long way to making the experience pleasurable for everybody. And I would also let my son take um, little toys with him. You could take little quiet toys. Oh, to quiet toys, yeah. Mm-hmm. We usually yeah.
0: had paper and a sketch pad, and um, that would kind of keep them quiet and busy. And sometimes they would tell them just draw the music, just, you know, some of them mm-hmm. things to do. If they couldn't figure out something to draw on their own, that usually wasn't a problem.
1: Yeah, so, active listening does sometimes require action. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Especially if you have some wiggly kiddos. But, oh, yeah. again, they're watching and uh listening and and it's different it was fun we liked we liked those concerts and things we found but i like your your suggestions to a little bit
1: of pre-coaching for what's expected in there yes even down to what you should wear <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah I was like well let's dress a little nicer these people have worked really hard to bring us this music and it's customary to dress a little nicer We're going to take a short break to hear a word from our sponsor, and when we come back, we'll get into the nuts and bolts of making music a part of your life. There's a chill in the air. Colorful lights brighten the neighborhood, and the shopping malls bustle with
0: activity. It's the end of the year, and that means it's a perfect time to make a transcript for your high school
1: student. Having to do a bunch of laborious calculations at an already busy time is like getting a lump of coal in your stocking. That's why Transcript Maker calculates GPA for you. Just enter the grades and credits for your student, and the grade point average appears on the transcript. It's just like magic!
0: Delivering gifts all over the world in a flying sleigh? Transcript Maker keeps your transcript in the cloud, so you can access it anywhere you need it,
1: even in a chimney. Only 12 days of Christmas, Transcript Maker offers a 14-day free trial, so you can check it out for yourself before you subscribe. Listeners of the Happy
0: Homeschooler podcast can save 20% off their subscription with our exclusive coupon code HAPPY. That's H-A-P-P-Y in all caps. Ho,
1: ho, ho. Merry transcripts. So when we're talking about the nuts and bolts of music appreciation, having music in our lives, you know, I think of certain things. Like you can appreciate any kind of music and, and I actually really like you know classic rock and and power metal but i'm not teaching my kids about those things they, those things are already in the culture and they'll pick them up on their own but i'm talking about certain types of music um for example i focus on teaching my son hymns because we are uh, christians folk songs uh, we listen to classical music and and learn about composers all the time um that type of thing. What about you, Melody? When you were were teaching your children to incorporate music into their lives, what did you do? Kind of the
0: same thing. Probably not as well planned as you did because we were a little more um, eclectic. That's a good word. (laughs) (laughs) A little more eclectic in our approach. But we also, my husband is a big fan of rock music. And so they were exposed to the things that he liked to play and the song. He wrote songs and we were seeing those along, you know, they learned a lot of different kinds of music, but we listened to a lot of things. And um, like you, we didn't really study a certain kind of music because they were exposed to it in other ways, but we did do some, some of the same, I just have to say, uh, very close to what you did. I wanted them to have that foundation of like classical music and hymns and Folk songs and not, and I mentioned nursery rhymes earlier, just like that whole uh, cultural literacy kind of idea Mm -hmm. for music. I wanted them to know those songs because then, like, you might hear a rock song, but it has a riff in there that's a nod to classical music. And if you've heard that other before, you pick up on those things. Or you're right hearing them in a movie theme, and you recognize, that. hey, wait, I know that song, that's, you know, whatever, or cartoons would have classical songs in there, and they would pick them up because they'd heard that before, and it's always fun when they get that little, oh, and make that connection, and you get to see it.
1: It is a lot of fun. I um, also remember how excited I was when I heard Jimi Hendrix playing the Star Spangled Banner. So that was kind of a, a combination, right? So it's a our, it's our oh, patriotic yeah. song. And then you've got this this classic rock, this uh, this amazing guitarist. And you know, when I hear that, I almost always cry. There's something oh, really moving about that um, rendition. There's
0: so much passion in
1: mm-hmm. that
0: music. Very wonderful. My husband made sure that our children got to see video of that. And uh, like I have one child who found, it was an interesting blend. He found... A classical orchestra playing Metallica. And so.
1: (laughs) Oh, it's so fun when genres (laughs) cross like that. Yeah. And if your kids, if they haven't had exposure to certain pieces of music, they won't connect the dots. And so there is a lot of reason to focus on different types of music in an intentional way. So I have a curriculum I follow with Ambleside Online, which is a Charlotte Mason focused um, group. I don't know if if anybody's tired of hearing me talk about Charlotte Mason, but (laughs) the the way that we study with these resources has really, I think, given a richness to our lives. And so with our curriculum, we focus on one hymn a month. We focus on one folk song a month, and we focus on one composer for a 12-week term. And initially, I would just listen to the music with my son. I didn't See as much interest in him when we did that. We would listen to it and then we'd move on. But this year, um, after joining a Facebook group for people who do Ambleside Online, I began to focus on us actually singing the song. So I printed out the lyrics, and sometimes some versions of a song will have the lyrics on the screen. And all of a sudden, He's really, really involved in the songs. We just studied the Wellerman, which is uh, one of the folk songs. It's a sea shanty. I think we listened to 50 different versions of it. (laughs) The first day we introduced the song. Oh, man. He was singing it and he he's still humming that song and he knows the words. Yeah. And and so, you know, listening to music is great. But actually having your kids learn the lyrics and sing them. Wow, what an impact. It does.
0: That was the reason why I had my children learning to sing those old hymns. There's Mm -hmm. a lot of good uh, teaching in there and singing them. is that same thing. They're so much more engaged. There's nothing wrong with passive listening. All of us do that. You know, background builds that familiarity. But if you really want to learn it so that they take something forward from the study, singing along is really great i bet he can make up his own sea shanties
1: oh no doubt well and and back to the studying of the hymns um one time we were at church and they played a hymn that we had been studying the look on his face was he was so excited because he knew the words and it helped to connect him more to the service and you know kids get bored during church services that's just going to be natural but if they have things that connect them, that's really helpful. And so I I do like to have several different things that we're studying. And there's so many resources out there.
0: Are you following a, a plan that you found on Ambleside Online? Or are you picking your songs uh, as you come across them?
1: No, I'm following a plan on Ambleside Online. And Ambleside Online is free for anybody. You can just go to their website, amblesideonline.org, and access their uh, resources. And you would just look for subject and pick composer. If you want composer studies, you can click on hymns if you want to learn hymns on folk songs. And they have it laid out for the whole year, which is awesome. And so, and uh, I just go in and and I know that for the next 12 weeks, we started our second term of school a couple of weeks ago. So for the next 10 weeks, we are studying the works of Bach. And we just play the music, you know, and it's instrumental music. Of course, there's no there are no words. So what I do with our classical music is we put it on and we play it every morning while we're getting ready for our day. And there are books you can buy that talk about a composer. There are books about folk songs. I think there's a book that focuses on Woody Guthrie's songs, This Land is Your Land, Mm -hmm. very well-known song. I, I sung to my son forever. I always sang to him when he was going to sleep at night. But, you know, there are many resources. What were some of the resources that you used when you were working with your kids on this, adding music to your life? I think one of the main
0: resources for us was, well, back in the day, CDs, we we collected a lot of different CDs that we've just played quite often and then library books. We were big on bringing home big piles of books from the library. And, and so between the two, that was the gist of it, uh, in addition to hymnals and folk song books and, you know, just having instruments in the home.
1: Unlike your family, we we don't really play instruments. But I did try to bring some instruments in, simple ones for my kids to um you know, to experiment with or to experience. So uh, we've had recorders and we've had uh, harmonicas and we've also had little simple drums or xylophones. There are things that you can give your kids if you're not especially into playing music that they can experience some simple instruments for themselves. Um, And it does add a lot, you know, when you're playing music, they like to bang along on the xylophone or Or shake a a string of of bells or something like that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. But um, for people who aren't... Clapping your hands along with music. Because rhythm or banging on your little oatmeal box drum. mm -hmm. um, Anything that involves you with the music is good.
1: Yes. And kids really like to do that. They like to, to tap on things and feel like they're part of the whole experience. So those are good ways to... To help them get into that. Now, um, we've always had the Internet. We were early adopters of the Internet. And so I have some online resources that I particularly like. One that I think most everyone could find something that they would enjoy is Classics for Kids. And we'll have the link in the show notes. This website has biographies of various composers. They've got activity sheets and quizzes. And they have a radio show type format that you can listen to. And they also have a podcast to which you can subscribe. So um, it's a really cool website and so many resources. You can, your kids can learn about instruments there, which even if you don't play instruments, like you said earlier in the podcast, you know, talking to your kids about what the instruments are, what kind of class of instrument, are they woodwinds? Are they strings? Are they, uh, you know, whatever the Percussion, other ones right. are. Percussion, right, I was, I was losing that word. Um, <laughs> So this website is really all-encompassing and it's very easy to use. And then there was a really good episode of the Mason Jar podcast, which is about Charlotte Mason education uh, with Cindy Rollins, where she chatted with Megan Hoyt, who has written a book called A Touch of the Infinite Studies in Music Appreciation with Charlotte Mason. And they talked about how to teach your children music appreciation when you're not a gifted musician. Where can you start with composer study? Um, Those kind of topics that people often think, oh, I'm not a musician. I don't know, I don't know how to do this. Um, This podcast would be really helpful with some great ideas to get you started. And we'll have a link to their episode again in the show notes. And then, um, you know, we don't need to have the internet or instruments at home to incorporate music into our lives. So, Melody, earlier you mentioned CDs. Now, did you purchase all these CDs, or how did you get them, in it? and what other ways did you bring music resources into your life?
0: Well, as you know, we are big library users, and so we checked out CDs from the library and then um, made use of those. And then, of course, the radio. We are big fans of the classical radio station. We would listen to that. We also... I mean, we don't want to forget to mention singing, like the greatest uh, instrument you carry around with you all the time. So kids would, we would sing, we would learn those songs and sing along with it. They would make up songs. I would let them like put this memory thing to music, make up a song from this verse that you're memorizing or this poem. So we played with music a lot in both formal and informal ways. But Definitely, the library was a huge resource for us. And of course, now going online, you can find all kinds of resources which you mentioned.
1: Well, yeah, so we we are big at using online resources. and in fact, I have a smart TV. and all of the music we listen to, we listen to through YouTube. So we'll go on to YouTube when we'll find um a, a person who's, you know singing one of the folk songs that we're interested in. We'll listen to their rendition of it. We we might go listen to another one. We'll listen to the difference between how it sounds when a choir sings a song versus when just one person is singing. Uh, We've listened to a cappella artists. And that's oh, I really... love that. Yeah, that's really mm-hmm. fascinating to, to see what people can do with their voices. So yeah, there are so many uh, ways to access this information. And I like that you mentioned the classical radio station. Classical radio stations are like The PBS of radio, right? And they they provide (laughs) such a service, and they're always looking for people to help support them. So if you are studying classical music, um, you know, listening to and supporting your local classical radio station is really a great way to do that. So we've got you know all the we've got online resources, we've got CDs, but you know, there's a whole other class of resources that involves getting out of the house and. Unfortunately, they're usually free. And I'm talking about live musical performances, concerts in the park, which are really common in the summer. Melody, did your family partake of some of these types of open air or, uh, you know, musical events?
0: We did. Whenever they could fit into, you know, our routine, we sure did. And then we also had uh, guest musicians that would come into church and play concerts, and we would all go, and um, we went to some things on the Hillside Theater, which I love, because it's great to take your little pastel of children, they can wiggle and make little noises, it doesn't bother anyone, because you're outside, but we got to hear some really good music that way.
1: Yes, and we almost always have an opportunity to hear patriotic music being played for uh, the Fourth of July, or at Memorial Day observances, and and going to parades, Oh, my goodness! I you can parade. yes, and you can hear uh, there's usually a bagpipe thing or some kind of a marching band. So many opportunities to hear live music played that will not hit your budget because not everyone can afford to spend you know a couple hundred dollars for some great seats at the symphony. Um and then you know, if you go through any big city, you're likely going to see someone. Who's got a hat out or their violin case or whatever, and they are playing music for uh, tips, right? Right. Just stop and listen, and throw a dollar or two in their mm-hmm. in their hat. Yeah, I think um, there are so many opportunities for music around us if we'll just, you know, keep our eyes and ears open, and we can make music such a rich part of our lives that it will go rippling you know like a stone in a in a body of water it just keeps rippling out it'll go to our grandchildren and their children and it'll be a family heritage of music here at the end of the podcast we like to answer some of the big questions we're seeing in our homeschool groups and recently and y'all it is late in the year but we're seeing a lot of parents wanting to start homeschooling right away and they want to know when they should start melody what do you think should they start now or wait till after christmas break
0: I say they should wait till after Christmas break. If you're talking about people pulling their kids out of school, yes, go ahead. Decompress a little bit and then start your new homeschooling adventure in the new year.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you already know that you're going to take them out, why wait another week or two? Just get them out now and, you know, enjoy your kids, do your holiday activities, and you've got that time to pull together the resources that you want to use. And your kids will appreciate getting out of the pressure cooker that you're obviously deciding is not working for them. So if this is you, you're in this situation of taking your kids out at this time of year, we've got some help for you. We've actually created quite a few episodes that will help you to get started with homeschooling. We've got episodes about how to homeschool without very much money. And we've got episodes about uh, what to do to get your kids out of school.
0: We also have the, a podcast about learning while you're traveling and the one about unschooling if that's where you want to start. So you want to be sure to check those out.
1: Yes, and we'll have all of those episodes listed for our listeners in the show notes. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at happyhomeschoolpod at gmail.com.
0: Like our page and join our group on Facebook at facebook.com
1: slash happyhomeschoolpod check out our Instagram at instagram.com slash happyhomeschoolpod.
0: Follow us on Twitter at underscore homeschoolpod.
1: And subscribe to the Happy Homeschooler podcast on YouTube. Thank you for joining us today. I'm Holly. I'm Melody. Happy, Happy homeschooling. homeschooling. Hi, this is your host, Holly williams Erbach. Thank you for listening to the Happy Homeschooler podcast, a transcript maker production. My co-host is Melody Gillum. This episode was produced by Matthew Bass and edited by Nora Williams. Our graphic design is by Pete Soloway, and our music is by The Great Pangolin. You can find her music on YouTube and Twitter at Kylie Wins. That's K-A-I-L-E-Y Wins. If you'd like to help our podcast grow, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. Or as always, tell people about us. Enjoy what I call Christmas school. Hello? I'm here.
0: Sorry about that.
1: (laughs) I'm just wow. I'm sorry. (laughs) Just
0: just thinking about Christmas school. (laughs)